community can help you figure out if the problem that you want to solve is big enough. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of this show, and I'm joined, as always, on these Wednesday episodes by Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing, man? Fantastic, man. Great, great, great week. And I'm ready to dive into another series, a shorter one, but uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing a two-part series for the next couple of weeks on how ideas really transform into world-changing movements. This is something that you are incredibly passionate about. We've talked about it before on the show, but but this episode, uh, we're really going to be talking about a community-first mindset. We're going to be sharing really a framework that you've developed to that you really believe is is the recipe for creating these movements that we see both in, in B2B and in B2C. I'd love to just kind of jump in, Sangram, and, and have you share the framework. But before that, let's rewind a bit and and have you explain, because this is something you've been passionate about for a while. Can you tell us what led to you being so passionate about this idea of community first mindset? You know, I think everything that we see around us every day, as we imagine it, it is it is because we're people and we get attracted to certain things. We want to be part of certain certain movements and ideas. And in many ways, we feel like we are that, we represent that. So as an example, when you walk around with a Nike shoe, you're essentially saying that, hey, I love this because I'm hardworking because Nike honors athletes and they talk about all those things like athletes, perseverance, sweat, you know, working hard. So when you wear a Nike shoes or Nike t-shirt, in a way you're saying that, you know what, that's what I represent. You're all of a sudden part of that community. You take a step further and look at, you know, people buying an iPhone versus a Samsung phone. When people know that by definition, Samsung phone and they have experts who have compared have better quality in X, Y, and Z things or Apple. But there are still people who would not let go of Apple because they believe that's what they represent. It's an extension of their own personal brand. So they're part of the Apple community. They like it or not. They want it or not. They are by just making sure that that's out there. So we can go through a ton of examples as we uncover this framework that I've been just thinking about for a while. But the point that I really get back to, and I want everybody to kind of resonate, hopefully resonate with, is that we are, as humans, a community-first people. We want to be around people that think like us, or we want to be represented without even saying a word. We, we kind of show what we are all about, like the type of shoes we wear, the type of clothing we wear, the type of glasses we put on, the type of conversations we have, the type of apps we use, the type of laptops we use. We all are always exuding this idea that, hey, look, here who I am and my identity. And it's all rooted at the end of the day in some sort of personal brand. And that comes out of community and a sense of wanting to be part of some community. And so let's dig into the framework itself. Sangram, as we were talking 
offline. It's it's a four part framework. Can you walk us through what that is? Sure, man. So it's pretty simple. And again, all frameworks are have inherent flaws. So this is I'm sure this is not perfect. And it's something that I just have noticed being part of at Pardot through the acquisition, going to Salesforce and then starting Terminus, helping build a completely entirely new category on account-based marketing and just looking around and saying, oh, wait a minute, there is there is some sort of framework around here. So the way I think about it is really in four parts, problem or need, community, product, change the world. So again, it's problem, community, product, change the world. And what I see happen more often than not is People, entrepreneurs that talk to long, uh, a lot of times, they'll be really good about understanding the problem and they will jump directly into the product and start building it and in hopes of changing the world in whatever way they want. It might be for a small set of people, a community that they want to transform, a problem they want to solve, whatever it is. They move from a problem to product, like almost in the same breath. And what I wanted to really get across today is that, hey, look, this is an opportunity to not just focus on the product, but actually community. And we, at this point, James, I feel you and I know this very well because we both are big on building communities, is that today it's never been more easier to build a community today than it has been in the past, right? Like we can build a community through events. We can build a community through through LinkedIn groups. We can build community through Facebook groups. Like the, the part of building a community, the art and science, the nuts and bolts, the cost of it is no longer crazy. But what's important is that if you have a clear problem, you can validate that with the community and then go build a product or alongside start building the product as you're validating it with the community as you change the world. In, in many ways, the another way to say all this is that in a way, community can help you figure out if the problem that you want to solve is big enough. Mm, yeah. I love that. That's uh, where people miss out is they, they feel like they know it, but they don't validate it. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through kind of what that journey looked like for you in building Terminus with your co-founders? Sure. So, and, and we're just one of the stories and, and stumbling and fumbling every day as we go through it. And when we look back, we feel like this is what has played out. We obviously started with, you know, Terminus was founded and immediately we had this uh, somehow this idea around Flip My Funnel. And people have heard that story before. So I'm not going to go through the Flip My Funnel ideation process, but quickly realized that there was no way for us to be in Atlanta, three first time co founders to go build a company and in a new category. It just was not in the history books, right? Anybody has done. And we didn't have millions of dollars uh, funded to, to go with it. So the so we stumbled upon this idea around Flip My Funnel that led us to write a book on an ABM, create a movement around it. And it movement was created in a way, not by us, by the people in it. And what was interesting is that we just took one step at a time, started writing the book, then we started putting an event together that led to multiple events, started to put an online website called flipmuffle.com that became that is now a, one of the top places where B2B marketers are consuming content and information. So it has just constantly adding to it as we move, as opposed to coming up with the perfect plan to do it all. And what, what it has helped us do is build an entire category around account-based marketing. And we are one of the players, not the player, which makes it, really well because now we know the market exists there is thirst for it and we no longer have to worry about market existing or not now we can really focus on the product and making sure that we are innovating on the product quite a bit and to us if we didn't do that 
I think we would be one of those 7,000 companies that are in the MarTech space who are still trying to find a way to even talk to someone as opposed to this is the topic in the marketplace. The market is open for us. Yeah. And I think synonymous with building community is building brand. And so I want to I want to talk about some examples on the B2B side and the B2C side. And when you share these examples with us, Sangram, I think I think folks listening are going to go, oh, my gosh, like it's spot on. Like they they built community first. And because of that, they they have brand and every single one of these names that you say, you know, people listening to this are likely going to have heard of these companies before. So can you talk to us about who who are the B2B companies that that you've seen kind of follow this framework and then and then share some B2C examples as well? Absolutely, man. So the most common, especially because I come from that world and and I think most people are aware of is Salesforce. Salesforce launched Dreamforce. They would have, they could have called it Salesforce, but they didn't. They called it Dreamforce. So they created a much bigger extension of it. And now there are about 170,000 people who come and attend a conference where Mark Benioff pretty much stands up there and says, here is the next product that I'm going to sell to you. And people are paying to even sit there and listen to him and then go and buy the product that he's telling them to go buy and creating a narrative in the marketplace that didn't exist. There's media, there's analysts, their customers, their partners, their future customers, all sitting waiting for him to tell what is the next piece of software he's going to sell to them. Like you, you take that for, for a second. It's like we all would want to be in that situation, right? But that's what he's doing. And people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to attend the conference, be there. The city is locked down. And in, in a B2B space like ours, which is so crowded, he gets to tell what he's building and the world listens to what he's building purely yeah. because he has that community first mindset. I love it. And so another example that we talked about was HubSpot. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how you saw them build out their community? I mean, it was, it's phenomenal. So HubSpot is also an investor in Terminus. So that's full disclosure. Uh, but I would have just brought their name up regardless of, uh, of that, that relationship that we have is that I met the founders, uh, Dermay Shaw and, and Brian Holligan. And I remember one of the things that they mentioned in their conversations as they looked at us as an investment, they're like, you guys remind, of, remind us of us we, you know, in, in the past. And when they started today, they have 20,000 people. I went to the last inbound conference. HubSpot started inbound and inbound became the way they talked about this whole innovation. And I was at the last conference and it's the exact same playbook where they are talking, they're getting a whole community of SMB mid-sized companies coming to attend in Boston in their home city. And the whole conference is lit with all kinds of stuff. And there's HubSpot gear here and there. And they are on the main stage, media analysts, everybody sitting for them to share what they have launched. You, you know, you can look at another example uh, as an up-and-comer is Drift. David Cancel, David Gayhart, and and the team over there they do a phenomenal job of marketing and they launch their you know podcast seeking wisdom as well as hyper growth conference and all and they're going from city to city talking about this conversational marketing as a new category and, and they're not waiting for somebody else to give them the baton they're taking it and running with it and building a mass community around the idea and and challenging the status quo and, and you know even further extending we're trying to do the same thing with Terminus doing Flip My Funnel. So at the end of the day, it starts becoming very obvious in B2B that, man, your category leadership and, and building a category, if you really care about the problem so much and you want to really validate the market, 
you have to take up the mantle, build a community around the problem, not your product. And that is the biggest difference, if not obvious yet. None of these guys are building community around their product. They're all building community. And the reason they are able to build the community is because they're focused purely on solving a big problem. Yeah, no, I, I think you're I think you're spot on there. And do you see kind of obviously with Salesforce doing Dreamforce, HubSpot doing inbound, do you see that kind of in-person events being almost a requirement to building that community? Or do you think that there are ways to do it digitally through LinkedIn, podcasting? Is it a meld of all of those things or, or does it really need to kind of be in person if you want to see the fruit of what HubSpot and Salesforce and all these B2B examples are seeing? I, that's a great question, James. I think you know there is more opportunity than ever before to connect with people on their terms, uh, and those terms are constantly changing. I believe there's nothing better than doing an event. Uh, quite honestly, I still believe that because it is it is creation of those magic moments where you finally connect with someone, and those moments, those memories last with you forever as long as as long as you you are in the same ecosystem so i think there is a need for some sort of and it doesn't have to be a mega event it could be smaller events that you just have around cities and that you want to engage on Uh, at the same time i feel like there is a need to have this ongoing dialogue that is possible today with things like the the podcasting or LinkedIn, where people are posting on a regular basis or creating facebook or linkedin groups where you can have those conversations but it really comes down to is, are you focused? A lot of companies have been focused on their customer. So they're always thinking small. They're always thinking 10, 20, 100, 200 people, things, as opposed to these companies are thinking about communities, right? Which allows them to think bigger. They think about customers and future customers almost the same way. So the, the point really, the bigger point of all of this to me is, that, man, if you want to build a world-changing movement, a world-changing product company, whatever that is that you really aspire to create, and you understand the problem, the need out there from the bottom of your heart, and you really crave for it, and you know a potential solution that can solve it, trust me on this as, as a fellow founder you know, and entrepreneur myself, uh, is that you will never have a perfect, prob- a perfect product day one. Just, it just doesn't exist. Your product is always going to iterate. So what you need is a community that will give you enough chances where they will feel like they're part of the solution and not just a product, right? So when, when these companies build this solution, in many ways, they ask the community, hey, what do you want? And they would say, hey, we want this thing. And they will make sure that is part of their next iteration of it. So it almost is a self-fulfilling prophecy that keeps coming up and up and over and over and keeps growing. And it's a product will, will turn into a commodity one day or the other. But a community will never turn into a commodity. And that's yeah. a big part of it. That's a fantastic way, I think, to, to close out this episode. Next week, we are going to be talking about four specific skill sets that if you're wanting to really transform an idea into a world-changing movement, you've got to have one of these four skill sets on your team. You're going to talk in detail about what those four are on next Wednesday's episode. But before we shut it down, Sanger, what's the takeaway for listeners for today's episode? Man, this uh, I've been thinking about this for a while. Uh, I feel like it's, a, it's really a question for you. Are you building a commodity? Then, yeah, you could be a product-focused company and, and know that 
somebody's going to compete with you tomorrow, if not today, already in some garage building a software that's probably better than what you have already built. Or the question is, do you want to create a more of a world-changing mindset, right? Do you, do you have that? And then for that, if you are one who want to create a movement, then you need to be thinking about building, having a community-first mindset. And, and that requires an entirely different set of skill sets that we'll talk about on the next podcast. It's a mindset to begin with. Is, and you have to make this because there's no right or wrong answer. It, it, you know, People are perfectly fine. There are a lot of products that are pure product-focused and they sell fine and they, they, get, they have good exits and move on. But if you truly want to create something that is long-lasting and aspire to be companies like HubSpot and Salesforce of the world, then community-first is by far what I have seen work really well. I love it. Sangram, well, thank you so much for your time today, man. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.